Hello and welcome to the Arise and Build podcast. This is Jody Grace and we're here to inspire, educate, and activate believers in Missouri to steward and protect freedom in every area of life, especially here in the heart of America. We are going to be talking about what's happening right here in our culture, how it connects to scripture, and what we can do to bring our conservative Christian values back into the public square. If you haven't already, I'd love for you to go ahead, hit the subscribe button so you can get our updates and join us as we work together, just like Nehemiah and the Israelites did, to arise and build a wall around the great state of Missouri. Hey, thanks for joining me on today's podcast. Today we are going to talk about just one verse in chapter four of Nehemiah. Now, if you've been with me up until now, you know that we're in the book of Nehemiah where the Israelites are rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem. And in chapter four, they have now completed the wall up to half half its height. And their enemies are angry that this is happening. Their enemies are wealthy, they have influence, and they're angry. So as it goes on in the chapter, their enemies are threatening to attack them, and the Israelites are scared. So in verse 14 of chapter 4, Nehemiah says, When I saw their fear, and he was talking about the Israelites, When I saw their fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Verse 15 goes on to say, And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan. Then all of us returned to the wall, each to his own work. So Nehemiah was saying, Listen, don't be afraid. Remember the Lord your God is great and awesome. He is great and awesome and he can do all things. Remember that he will fight for us, but prepare, be ready to fight, fight for your families and for your homes. I would like to tell you that God cares about your personal property. He cares about your home, your livelihoods. And I believe that we need to prepare to do the things to occupy and tend to and steward our freedom our government, and that, therefore, (laughs) creates a place where we have safety to worship, safety in our homes, freedom to live as we choose, which is really the government. That's how God intended for this nation to be. And then in verse 15, we see that even though they had prepared to fight, that God took care of it. He frustrated the plans of the enemy, so much so that the enemy didn't even attack at all. They just went right back to the work that they were doing. And so I hope that that encourages you this morning. Yes, we need to be prepared. We've been called uh, in the parable of the talents. We are told that we need to occupy until the Lord returns. I believe that that means We need to be educated. We need to tend to and steward the things that he's given us, including our freedom. But we are to remember the greatness of the Lord and remember that God will fight for us. So I hope that's encouraging to you this morning, especially as we get ready to talk about another topic that is, I know, is very near and dear to all of our hearts. It's our kids. 
And in the last episode, I gave you an overview of data collection and how data collection is important, an important step to the globalization of the world, to this one world government type effort. If they don't have the information, then they can't inventory, track, or monitor. And if they can't track and monitor, then they can't control. So the collection of the data really is the first step. So we need to be very careful about how our data is handled, how it's managed, how it gets given away. Um, we need to be very protective of our data, especially our PII, our Personally Identifiable Information. And if you listened yes yesterday or to the previous episode, or even uh, checked it out on the blog, um, you know the definition of that PII. It's really important. That's information like your name, your address, your phone number, your social security number, your birth date, things that identify you. Um, that information really is important. It really needs to be protected. And when we think about our kids, we don't really think, you know, um, I've never, I never considered before I got into um, studying this that the schools and the daycares, the childcare centers that our kids were in, would be sharing our kids' data or extracting, collecting data from our kids. But in fact, that is what's happening. And we need to be aware and we need to do our best to protect them as much as we can. I want to talk to you today um, about our kids' data, specifically uh, three different things. And I'm going to go through it fairly quickly. I don't want to keep you too long. But I want you to be aware of what a statewide longitudinal data system is. Uh, they're called SLDS for short, Statewide Longitudinal Data System. These data systems um, centralize educational related data on our kids. They track them oftentimes from birth all the way through and past high school, even into the workforce. This is a national, it turns into a national shared data system. And they're really promoted as tools that would help support kids and help plan their lives basically, uh, put them in tracks or pathways. And um, it's promoted as being something that, you know, is um, a tool for research, of course. But um, sharing all of this data, because it gets very, uh, the data that they collect basically could be anything. Uh, they can do surveys with the kids and ask questions like, you know, do you have guns in your home? Do your parents fight? Do, um, you know, questions on surveys that really have nothing to do with academics, but more are questions geared toward finding out what your family's attitudes are, your behaviors, your belief systems. Uh, questions like that can even be uh, included in this data collection. And they become part of what I'm gonna call a digital backpack, so to speak, for your child. So all of this data on your student gets collected and housed and then ultimately uh, connected in this dig, big database. It could be information about their siblings, um, you know, all the grades that they've had, any disciplinary thing that's happened, um, just a lot, a lot of data 
on your children that's being collected through the school system. Now in Missouri, uh, we have what's called MOSIS, a MOSIS program. When you enroll your, your child in a Missouri school, public school, uh, they collect data. You know, they want to know your, your name and your address and your birthday and all of that stuff that you fill out when you enroll. And so your student is, um, has a record or has information cataloged within the MOSIS system. And, um, but it looks like Missouri is going to be shifting over to this statewide longitudinal data system. And we have a program here called P20W. Uh, P20W is a program. In fact, if you check out the blog, the show notes on the blog, I have a couple of videos there for you. I have a couple of screenshots um, to help you understand even more. But P20W stands, the P stands for preschool. The 20 stands for grade 20 or age 20. So they're literally tracking your kids um, all the way, like I said, through high school and beyond. Um, and the W stands for workforce. So from preschool and actually um, the Office of Administration, I screenshotted a budget request uh, from OA regarding P20W, and it literally says this request would establish a P20W research and data center within the Department of Higher Education and Workforce Development's Missouri Economic Research and Information Center. P20W data allows users to analyze data linking preschool and or birth through post-secondary education and training or grade 20 and into the workforce to make informed decisions. So on our, in our um, budget request from OA, it literally spells out that they are going to collect data from birth all the way through grade 20 um, for this P20W program, which is a longitudinal data system. So you need to be aware of that um, and just understand that they are collecting information. And um, I don't know that there's anything to be done about it currently other than we need to pray and remember that our God is great and awesome and he can take care of all of these things. But we need to be praying for our kids and for their futures and what freedom really looks like. We want for our kids, or I want at least for my kid, kids to be able to, you know, enjoy their childhoods, enjoy their childhoods and learn and explore and, um, you know, decide the things that they're going to do for their careers or as they enter the workforce. I want those decisions to be made by them, um, in, influenced by by prayer and by their family. Um, I don't like this idea that other people are collecting data, that these points of information are going to stay with the kids um, basically forever. They're going to stick with the kids as they even move into the workforce if they want to know what grade they got, you know, um, in junior high in algebra or geometry in high school or whatever, or if they had 
behavior issues in junior high or whatever that looks like. I just think our kids need to be free. They don't need to have all of that data um, stuck to them for uh, the duration. So be aware of that. Be praying, praying about it and praying over it. And, you know, ultimately what I'd like to see happen with um, some of these things is that we would have executives and legislators who would become more aware of, of the, these issues and be more protective, be more conservative in their policy creation um, and just be more protective of our freedom and our kids. I do want to talk about one piece of legislation. It's um, HB 447. It was passed, signed by the governor, and it did take effect August 28th, I believe, of this year. It was sponsored by Representative Bishop Davidson. He's from the Republic area, and it was carried in the Senate by Senator Holly Rader. Now, Senator Rader is running for lieutenant governor, and I'm still praying that we have a decent candidate in that race so far as it is concerned right now. I don't really like any of the candidates, but I would... I would, I'm going to have to really pray if, if nobody else enters that race. Um, this piece of legislation created a new section of statute, um, and all of the links are on the blog in the show notes, so you can check out the, that blog link. It's jodygrace.com, and you can read all of this for yourself. But um, it's 210.1360 in the Missouri statutes. And it says, this is how it reads. It's pretty short. I'll just read it to you. Minors receiving child care, confidentiality of certain information and exceptions. That's the, the subtitle. Any personally identifiable information regarding any child under 18 years of age. So we're talking about our kids and their PII, that personally identifiable information that I talked about yesterday and just a few minutes ago. Any of, the, any of our kids receiving childcare from any provider or applying for or receiving any services through a state program. Now that would be, could be WIC. It could be, um, you know, of course, foster care, any social services, um, anything, any state program services, they shall not be subject to disclosure except as otherwise provided by law. So if the law provides for it, then we, they are going to have to disclose their personally identifiable information. Now, number two says this section shall not prohibit any state agency from disclosing personally identifiable information to any government entity now so it shall not prohibit that means any state agency will be able to disclose PII to its agents vendors grantees and contractors in connection to matters relating to its official duties now, what's scary about this is that they've included vendors, agents, grantees, and contractors. They're not just saying that one state in one state agency could share information with another state agency. And I have a little bit of issue with that already, but that's it, they didn't stop there. They're include they're saying that any state agency could also share with vendors. 
Now, when you're talking about vendors or contractors, it literally could be anybody, anybody, anybody (laughs) could be a contractor. You could be talking about building contractors. You could be talking about software vendors. You could be talking about food service. You could be talking about anything, anything. It did not, it doesn't exclude any type of contractor or vendor. It doesn't give a specific list of vendors or contractors that are included. This is just a blanket um, exception that personally identifiable information for our kids, our kids under 18, government state agencies will be able to share that information with other government entities, agents, vendors, grantees, and contractors. The provisions of this section shall not apply to any state, county, or municipal law enforcement agency acting in its official capacity. So it, um, it's just too much. This section shall not prevent a parent or legal guardian from accessing the parent's or legal guardian's child records. So you'll be able to access your child's records, but... Um, Your child's records also might be given away to vendors, contractors, agents, um, any of those types of people who are doing business with the state. So this passed um, in HB 447. That same language, though, was also filed by Senator Curtis Trent in SB 628, Representative Phil Cristofanelli in HB 1010. And um, it's the same exact language. And you see that happen often. Um, You'll see the same language because, uh, like I've said earlier, language is written, generally speaking, and most of the time by lobbyists who want the language to pass. So the lobbyists and the people who are pushing for this to happen, they're going to give it to as many legislators to and try to put it in as many bills as they can in hopes that it would pass somewhere on something. So that's, well, that's what happens when you see the same language repeated over and over in different bills. It's actually being pushed through by lobbyists. So uh, this is just not good. We don't like it. And we would love to see this uh, statute actually repealed so that our kids' information would be protected. So I will give you a call to action around that point. Um, if you are willing and able, I would love to see you reach out to your legislators, to your senator, to your representative, and let them know that you are not happy with this language and this statute, and that you would like to see them work to repeal what they just did. So um, I hope that that's helpful. I will be back again soon, and we will continue talking about data and um the need for us to protect our data and the different ways that it's being collected and managed. Hope you guys have a great day. I hope it was helpful and I'll talk to you soon. Hey, I'd love to invite you to a couple of events that I'm hosting in October. You can register for both of them on my website at jodygrace.com. We're calling them Awakening at the Wall and it's a great day of worship and prayer, a message from scripture and lots of education about globalism in Missouri, legislation that just passed in 2023, and we're even going to talk about child trafficking here in Missouri, what it looks like, 
and what you can do to help in that fight. So I hope that you'll consider coming. You can register for either one of those events, October 21st in Warrensburg or October 28th in St. Peter's. I really hope you'll consider coming. I'd love to see you there. Take care and I'll talk to you soon.